now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, hop along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Hey, Mark Larson, thank you very much for that introduction. And Southern California, welcome to another live edition of Rod and Reel Radio. I am indeed your perfectly satisfied fishing host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. And it is our pleasure to have you with us tonight. We appreciate you all taking the time to hang with us. I know there's a lot of other things to do now that summer vacation is here for the kids, and the weather's getting great, so spending some time with us is a good thing. I think we're going to make it worth your while. Hey, before I introduce to you our co-host, let me tell you just who's on the show tonight. Private boater Zach Zorn is with us. You private boaters, if you've had a hard time Maybe hooking up on some of those big bluefin that are off our San Diego coast. Well, Zach and his partner, Seth, they kind of locked in on some fish here earlier in the week. We're going to get a hold of Zach and find out just exactly how they did it. And then later on in the show, Marco Malikatan from the California Sports Fishing League. He's going to be with us. There is some extremely important legislation that's going through the State Assembly right now. That's going to affect each and every one of us. You're going to want to know what that is and how it's going. And then later on in the 6 o'clock hour, Captain Fred Hubert. He's the owner-operator of the Daily Double out of Point Loma Sports Fiction. He's going to be with us to update us on the, the boats he runs out of there. And maybe he can give us a clue on the fishing conditions that we've been experiencing this past week and should be seeing this next week. But before we get to all of this, I want to give these two a special thank you for letting me go out and play hooky last weekend. <laughs> they did a great job. You'd almost think that they've done this for years and years and years. They did a great job filling in for me and, and getting you all a live show while I was gone. Stan and Wendy at first. Stan Vandenberg, he's the voice of one hundred bass boat and a pretty darn good fisherman in his own right. And Stan and I are going to share some stories with you later on the show because We've had a chance to go out fishing this past week. I know you want to hear him, but Stan, thanks a lot for getting back in time to be with us live on the show. Well, you know, pulled in, put parked everything, unloaded everything, and came in just in time to do the show. So, you know, and fishing was an experience for the last few days. We'll talk about it a little later. <laughs> but hey, all, I all can good. understand. I think we've got some fishing experience. Uh, my other co-host, uh, Ron Real Radio. She always has some type of an outdoor experience because she's an extremely expert fisherman and hunter in her own right. 
She's the national sales manager for Iserline, represents many other fine companies in the sports fishing industry. Miss Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, howdy. Howdy. I just walked in the door. I just got off the Dana Pride out of Dana Wharf. Nice. <laughs> Man, we have all scratched that fish to, that itch to fish. And, hey, we'll all get a chance to talk about that later on because I know we have all stories. But waiting for us online right now is a young angler. Uh, he's from uh, Kessler Yachts. But he and his partner, Seth, they went out at the beginning of the week. They wanted to target some of these big bluefin that are off our coast. It's really been tough. We haven't had a lot of reports of fish coming in, but it seemed like they were successful. And I thought I'd invite him to come aboard and tell us exactly what they did. Mr. Zach Zorn. Zach, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good evening, guys. Hey, good evening. evening. First of all, Zach... I was seeing some pictures of you fighting one of these fish aboard your your uh, center console. And tell me, what are you fishing out of, and exactly what is the size of this vessel? So the vessel that we usually fish on, it's actually Seth's boat. Um, it's a twenty, it's a two two six Roballo. So basically, a twenty two twenty three foot Roballo center console uh, paired with a two fifty Yamaha. So this thing flies. But, well, I can you know, guess that. The last Go on. The last few years, I've really gotten a liking for fishing center consoles for how the fishing's been. Um, so it's the perfect platform. Get out there quick, get back in quick, hopefully with a bunch of fish. Well, you know, uh, the conditions that we've seen this past week off our coast haven't exactly been ideal when it comes to getting off the coast and, and fishing for these fish. So tell us a little bit about the adventure you went on and the result. Yeah, so last Tuesday we uh, saw that there was going to be pretty good weather, no wind, no swell. So uh, Seth's boat was already in the water up in Newport. So we launched out in Newport, and we just headed southwest. So we had intel that there was new fish that had moved in, um, but wasn't really sure where. There was hard to get a good temp uh, image. It's been overcast. So we kind of just headed out. We were doing about 40 miles an hour, 45. That boat flies, and it was, and it was flat calm. So, you know, we'd get to the zone, and we would, uh, we, he's got a pair of gyros that we would use. And so we'd stop, we'd glass around. You can get a feel for like four or five miles. We wouldn't see any life, so we'd run a little bit farther. And we did this probably three or four times. And that last time, uh, I flipped on the gyros, and right in focus was a foamer about a mile away. And, you know, we went out that day expecting just to fly the kite for maybe a shot at a 200-pounder. And we were not expecting to find full-on foamers. So that caught us by surprise, but a good surprise. All right. Now, uh, a couple of things. Number one, you just it seemed like you had a good if experience. But tell us exactly what you did, the, one, the fights that you won, and the fights that you lost. <laughs> we lost a lot of uh, <laughs> fights the first couple hours. So we had a fish swimmers for a year, so you got to shake the, shake the cobwebs off. And we pull in right away. I don't even think we had a popper tied on because we weren't expecting to do it. We had tied on, and we pulled to the first one. And this is something I haven't told anybody, but I'll tell you guys and your listeners. Flat falls were an instant bite. You threw it in the middle of the foamer, and within one second you were bit. <laughs> and, you know, let them have, we'd set the hook, and this would go right through the school, and you get busted off by just another fish, so your spectra would come back just sheared. 
Yeah, um, man. Well, those flatfalls, Zach, those flatfalls, what, uh, what gram were they, and was there any particular color that was working well, or, or give us just a little more detail. Yeah, one, uh, I believe they were 190-gram uh, flatfalls, uh, any color. First, I started with the sardine, and then lost that one. Started with an anchovy, lost that one, and then went to, like, the pink one, and we ended up losing that one, too. Uh, well, let me from- ask a question now. What are you throwing them yeah. on? What are you a uh, hundred pound in fluoro or something for a, a little shock and then straight braid or what? Do you, what's your attachment? Exactly. So we're doing eighty pound spectrum, uh, entire spools full of it to a short, maybe four foot, one hundred and fifty pound uh, fluorocarbon leader. There you go. Okay. But you know the the fish, the foam. There were so many fish in the foamers that they would just go through the the fish would run through the rest of, them, and they all have their mouths open. And so much tension on that spectra would just cut it instantly. Oh man! <laughs> and, and then so That's a terrible so, problem. Yeah. Uh, it's a good problem to have, but then we ran out of flatfalls. So we're like, okay, we got to get this stuff to bite on the popper. And honestly, when it's full foamer like that, they don't really want the popper right in the middle of the foamer. You'll get bit. It's just the popper isn't as good as effective, you know, when they're full foaming. So we would, we would wait until there was a couple of fish that were broken off of the school, maybe just under one turn, kind of puddling around, and that's the stuff that would really want to eat the popper. Wow. And when you say the popper, was there any particular popper you were using? Was there a color uh, preference, or was it uh, just the action of a popping type of lure on the surface that uh, got their attention? The past two years, I've had really, really good luck with the Halco Hay, Rooster Haymaker in the 195 size. So it's a really big popper. Um, any color worked for us on Tuesday. But you know, Nita color is always my go-to. Just I have a lot of confidence in that, and it seems to get bit for whatever reason. Which um, color was that one? Also, what was that? Which color was that? It's called Benito. Oh, Benito, okay. It, it's a greenish blue teal. Yeah. And so that's in the 195 size. You can even step down to one size lower. I don't know the number. Uh, but as effective, just the hooks aren't as strong, so it's something to be a little bit worried about. Zach, are you fishing that with the all mono, or again, are you going to the Spectra mono, or are you going Spectra fluoro on it? On the Spectra fluoro. Okay. Oh, we, fished, we fish all Spectra with this sort of stuff, just so we can have a lot of line um, <laughs> capacity and really button down the drag on it. Well, you've been telling us about what you didn't catch. Let's see uh, if you were able to turn the tide a little bit. About noon, we uh, we chased the fish around, and it was foamers as far as you could see. You would find a foaming spot about 60-pounders, and then right next to it, you find a spot of maybe 120-pounders. So you could pick and choose which foamer you wanted to fish based on the fish that are jumping out of the water. Uh, you kind of knew what fish you might, what size you might catch. Um, so we got dialed in with the poppers, and we really let them have it. I think once we got dialed in, we only pulled the hook on one fish. We got three over 100 pounds. We got a 103, 17, and 110. Nice. And, uh, you know, nice. we fish extremely tight drag. So 80-pound spectra, it, that's, it's, hard to, it's really hard to break. Uh, so we button the drag, especially once the fish has taken a couple runs and we have it up and down. Uh, we put the wood to them, and we can get these fish in the boat probably 15 minutes. And I think that's key. I think people fight these fish for too long. They wear a hole in the mouth yeah. or they get chewed off. 
and you know, the quicker you can get in the boat, the better. What rigs, uh, what rod reels were you uh, fishing for these, uh, Zach? Cousins rods, of course. Uh, we we were throwing an eight foot rod because we didn't have to cast that far, and it doesn't hurt your back as bad once you're bit. Good idea. <laughs> we we were throwing the Trinidad reels, but I would recommend maybe pairing up with a Talica instead, so you have that two speed function yeah. once you, the fish is up and down. You using sixteens, twenties, or what size uh, uh, do you recommend? I would recommend a Talica sixteen. I was using the old Trinidad TN forty, which is a big reel. You don't need to go that big, but Talica sixteen would be the absolute perfect reel for this sort of fishing, and fill it with eighty pound or a hundred pound Spectra, and you're good to go. Well, now you're, you're fishing a twenty two foot. Uh, uh, Roballo, uh, you've got three uh, triple-digit fish in there. Uh, uh, you and Zeth are fairly large. Boy, did it get a tight bit uh, 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 tight in that boat after uh, coming on in with those three fish? It got very tight. You know, you're, you're falling over the kill bag. You're tripping over it. But it's a good problem to have. Uh, so I'll take that problem any day. Nothing like sitting down on your catch as you're coming on back into port. That's a great feeling. <laughs> but hey. if, if I could anything is you know guys always talk about keeping the line tight and you know you hear it a lot but you know you know constant pressure when you're fighting the fish one of the our last fish as soon as it hit the deck and the line went slack the the popper fell right out of its mouth so if that would have if there would have been any slack fighting the fish we would have lost that fish no doubt right now zach i know you also work for uh, kessler yachts uh Tell us, uh, what's uh, the hottest thing happening over there that our listening audience should know about? There, there's two big groups that are buying right now. You've got the big sport fishers, uh, you know, the guys that want to go down to Cabo and are getting ready for the Bisbees and just season down there in October. And then there's the other group that's really focused on that 22 to 30-foot range, a lot of black men's and center consoles, because, like I said earlier, the fishing's been so close that you can get in and out quickly with a boat that's not huge and not burning a ton of fuel. Um, I'm actually getting a listing on a 23-foot Roballo with a T-top uh, this coming up week, which nice. I think we already talked about Roballos, but it's going to be a perfect boat for anybody that wants to fish this stuff. All right. And if they want to get a hold of you uh, at uh, Culser uh, Yachts and uh, take a look at any of the upcoming inventory you have or whatever it is that you currently have in stock, how's the best way to go about doing it? They can just give me a call at 760-815-8866. I'm happy to answer any questions if you need a surveyor, or even if you just want to talk about fishing and fishing tips. Uh, always love to talk about fishing, so I'm always here. I know you had a great catch uh, there with you and Seth, but we also have to give kudos to uh, Billy uh, Kellerman. Uh, he picked up a pretty nice fish this past week. He did. That, that guy is always on fish. He... Uh, I think every week he posts a big one, and he got he got his on the yummy flyer off the kite. We were out there yesterday. I had several friends catch several fish over 200 pounds, um, all using the yummy flyer. So don't wow. hesitate to go. Get out there. Try a new technique. You could be greatly rewarded for sure. Well, uh, Wendy brought uh, Billy's fish to my attention here, and I have invited Billy to be on with us next week to talk about catching that fish and anything else and also fishing that yummy flyer because, you know, it was a pretty big lure last year. There could be some people that are out there scratching their head going, yummy flyer, 
What's that? <laughs> so we uh, we will have something to talk about next week. But Zach, congratulations! Uh, do you have plans to go out this week? Oh yeah, you know <laughs> the the two hundred the two hundred pound kite fish on the Robalo is our next goal. So we're going to try to make it happen this week. We'll see. All right, and make sure you uh, get a hold of Zach at Kessler Yachts, and uh, if you're interested in that Robalo that he's got coming on up, ask him about it. Be first in line, and who knows, you might be out there uh, right next to him uh, hooking up those big fish. Hey, Zach, thanks a lot for being with us uh, this evening. Appreciate the report. What fun, and, and congratulations for sticking those big fish. Thank you, and it's always a pleasure being on the show. I look forward to doing it again. Good All job, right. too, Zach. Hey, that's Zach Zorn from Custler Yachts, but he was telling us about sticking triple-digit tuna, and there's bigger fish on out there. Hey, we're going to take a break right now. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back in just a minute. But coming up next, Marco Malikatin from the California Sports Fishing League. Important legislation coming down the line in Sacramento. It's going to affect you. You want to know all about it? Stay tuned. There's still lots more to come. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at 
www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hi, I'm Chad, designer and owner of Hookup Baits. Hookup Baits jigs are the most realistic and effective jigs ever developed. The realistic action and looks of these jigs catch everything from crappie and trout to yellowtail and tuna and everything in between. In fact, in the last year, I have only thrown hookup baits and I've caught close to 100 different species of fish. These jigs are so versatile and easy to use with eight different sizes and colors to match the hatch wherever you fish. You can fish them on top, you can fish them on the bottom, fast, slow, and even troll them. You can find these great jigs for fresh and saltwater fishing at hookupbaits.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, Lighter, stronger, bone-crushing drag, quantum fishing. We are performance-tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. It's a big deal. You know, I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfill my dream, <laughs> That is just absolutely awesome. And welcome back to Rod Real Radio. Stan, Wendy, and I, we appreciate you all tuning in this Sunday evening. You know, we all love to go out and go fishing, whether it's ocean, freshwater, whatever it is. And we believe that it, we have a right to go fish out there. But unfortunately, there are a lot of people in Sacramento and Washington that don't necessarily feel the way we do, or they feel that they've got to kind of curtail us in, in our right to go out there and fish. And Stan and Wendy, you're with the uh, CCA of California. Wendy, you've seen that for a long time, uh, uh, being on the Blue Ribbon Commission for the MLPA. Stan, you're with the CCA, you're seeing that. Same thing's happening up in Sacramento. Then We need someone to represent us sports fishermen, because just one person doesn't necessarily have the voice. And we have one of the guys that represents one of the groups that is trying to help the sports fishermen here in Southern California. He's with the California Sports Fishing League. It's Mr. Marco Malikatin. And, Marco, welcome to Ron Real Radio. Well, hello, John, Stan, and Wendy. It's my pleasure to be on the show. Oh, it's great to have you, you back. Thank you very much. We're glad you're here. Oh, man. Hey, Marco, we... We're talking about there's all types of different groups out there. The California Sports Fishing League, it's an advocacy organization that is repping, uh, representing us sports fishermen. Tell us a little bit about the organization, its mission statement, and your involvement with the organization. My pleasure. Listen, we, we work with CCA and other sports fishing clubs up and down the state of California and we're based in Sacramento because I think we all learned from past experiences that you need a government watchdog here at the state capitol monitoring legislation, you know, monitoring what's happening at the California Fish and Game Commission because, you know, we often have to play a strong defense, but we also have to be on the offense to protect one's right to fish and to make it more accessible. And that's a full-time job. Well, you mentioned the Fish and Game Commission. We really have seen a transition 
and the uh, philosophical leaning of members of this commission. Right now, at this particular point in time, what is your take on the members of the commission, if you can actually discuss that? Well, sure. I think everyone agree there's been a major shift in recent years from, from a body that essentially were conservationists, like California anglers and hunters, uh, to one that are preservationists. And that's uh, reflected in a lot of uh, the decisions that they're making. And if it was very different, uh, I don't think organizations such as ourselves uh, would be in existence today. You know, Marco, it just inform our, our audience. We're talking about the Fish and Game Commission, and, and people scratch their head and go, well, doesn't the Department of Fish and Wildlife recommend changes and everything like that, and, and it goes through them? Uh, what, what is this Fish and Game Commission all about? Yeah, good, good question. You know, essentially, they're a body appointed uh, by Governor Jerry Brown or appointed by governors that set policy and direction for the department. So um, they're there to take testimony from the public. Uh, we're there at many of their public hearings, so, so is CCA and other organizations. Um, but, yeah, they set the direction and the policies for the state, and they are in a very powerful position to determine the future recreational fishing in this state. Right. And, and do they uh, make recommendations for only fresh water, or are they fresh salt water, or, or what? Both hunting, um, conservation programs, uh, Winnie knows firsthand we've been at, at, at Fish and Game Commission hearings when they've uh, discussed the MLPA or MPAs and its future. Um, they have broad discretion over California's natural resources. It's a very, very powerful uh, commission. Yes, very powerful, and it's, and it's great that all the work that you're doing and um, all of us fishermen, we really appreciate it. Yeah, I'll second that. Yeah, Wendy, I know uh, you have had your frustrations and, uh, uh, you know, with, with the commission because uh, uh, a lot of times you, you have to scratch your head and just wondering where these people are come from when they are trying to dictate policy and form it into legislation and laws that we have to abide by. You know, I sure wish it would go back to the way it was where actual fishermen and hunters were at the helm. And because these guys are making policy and making rules, and they don't really understand the whole, the, they don't grasp everything. It's all agenda-driven. No, that, that, that's gone, unfortunately. We used to have people that were uh, knowledgeable, actually, in, in, in the science of fishing and or the, the same science of hunting, so they had some background and knowledge of what would actually be good for both the fish and game and the people that are involved with spending the money for licenses to be able to go out and participate in the sports. Right. And, Stan and Wendy are absolutely correct. I mean, there was a time where governors felt an obligation to have a certain number of anglers on the commission, a certain number of hunters, and even, you know, a certain number of preservationists so that the voices of all Californians, you know, are reflected in the decisions they made make. But today... None whatsoever. And, and it's not to say that they're kind of out to get us, but, you know, I think it was Dan who said that they just don't understand uh, the consequences of public policy. Marco, are well intended, I have, a, have a, 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 I guess, a thread of hope, a, a little bit of hope. Um, actually, Anthony Williams is here in Huntington Beach where I live, and I've invited him to go fishing, and he actually, both he and Craig Schumann, want to go out there and hit the water. So it's a start, baby steps. Yeah. But, you know, well, Wendy, are, are you sort of implying 
first of all, these individuals that you mentioned, what is their position relative to what we're talking about? Well, they're, they're the commission. They're the fishing. Um, Anthony Williams is the fishing game commissioner, and Craig Schumann is the uh, Region 7 di- um, director. So it's really important to be able to communicate with these guys and to show these guys what actually goes on out there. So, Wendy, is the implication of that meaning that here we have people that have been uh, appointed on the Fish and Game Commission, yet they don't have uh, any firsthand experience with being on the water or hunting or anything or, or not very much experience in that area? Correct. Well, that's so are you going to teach them to tie knots first? <laughs> <laughs> that's a, you know that's important, Stan and Wendy. Hey, Marco, you know, uh, let's, let's get on. There is a number of pieces of legislation that the uh, California Sports Fishing League has been following, but it seems like there is one particular piece of legislation that has been kicked around for many, many, many years. You've never been able to get beyond first base about it. Why don't you give us a little background on what this piece of the legislation is all about, the history of what you've done, and how it has evolved into what we're looking at today. Well, listen, well said. Yeah, we've been to first base, and we're really excited. We finally got to second base. We still need a round third and make it home. We're, we're championing uh, transitioning California's annual calendar-based fishing license system to one that is valid for a full 12 months from the date of purchase. And, and here, here is why. I mean, California still is one of the largest uh, outdoor consumer markets in, in the country, yet fishing participation rates for our state has declined to dead last. And this decline is reflected in um, the fishing license reports. So since 1980, when licenses only cost $5, the sales have declined over 55%. And look, we are a state of abundant natural resources. We have the third largest coastline in the country. We have 3,000 reservoirs and lakes and thousands of rivers and streams more. And yet, um, our sales and participation rate is in a death spiral. So we think that there are two primary causes to declining fish and participation rates one we discussed and alluded to a little bit in our discussion about Fish and Game Commission, that's access. And then two is making sure that it is affordable. And California today has the costliest fishing license in the country. In fact, it is uh, 76% higher than the national average. So fishing license reform and making it affordable accessible is something that we're working on real, right now and we're really pleased with our progress. Well, Marco, tell me, tell me this. Uh, from the fishing license going in 1980 to $5 to currently what it is in the $50 range, depending upon what other additions you put onto it, has, is that revenue enough, to, in your opinion, to sustain what the Department of Fish and Wildlife needs to do to make this uh, whole fishing experience that we have in California sustainable? No, and I can deal with it not from a matter of opinion, but from a very factual perspective. Um, our fishing licenses fund what is called the Fish and Game Preservation Fund, and that pays for our fisheries and our conservation programs. And it is $20 million in de- It has a $20 million deficit. And, and this is really concerning for a couple reasons. 
and your listeners know this, because they've been struggling financially for years because they do not have enough revenue, that the fish they stock in the freshwater, you know, lakes and so forth are getting smaller and fewer. And this is really bad for communities who are dependent on tourism. And also it's not good for participation rates, because I think when an angler goes to his favorite you know, watering hole time and time again, walking away disappointed, they're maybe not so excited about buying a license the next year. So there are certainly financial problems associated with declining sales. Well, not, not only that, there are many, many times when an angler can only go fishing two or three times uh, a year, and it might be uh, during his vacation starting in August, and he looks at the cost and he goes, what, I've got to pay for an entire year's worth of fishing when I'm only going to get five months' uh, time on the license? And uh, that might uh, uh, be a deterrent from them to, to go out and go fishing and maybe choose some other activity. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Absolutely. Well, I think it's broader than that because you're looking at families. So when you're talking about the cost, let's just round it up or down, not up, but we'd have to round it down to 50 bucks per person. So if you've got a husband and wife that's 100 bucks, if you've got two kids over 16, you know, now it's $200 to go fishing for if you're going to go camping for a week someplace, unless you buy a, a week license. And then if you want to go again, it's going to cost you, you know, it, it, it's kind of, they just got to get this into the situation like we have right now where you guys are fighting for, where it's an annual license, it's reasonable to, to buy and purchase for the whole year, and you don't run out. I mean, that just makes common sense, but common sense hasn't been part of this game. No, no. Well, well interesting, you know, I was going to add real quick, interesting enough that California uh, Parks and Rec Department used to have a calendar-based park system where just like fishing license today were, would expire on December 31st of every year. In the 1990s, they changed it. I mean, they recognized that, you know, anglers or campers are consumers. They respond to price and value, as Dan pointed out. You know, uh, are, is there any statistics uh, that you've seen, Marco, on maybe how many people are actually fishing, but that what percentage of those people that are fishing are uh, only licensed? Well, um, nothing, well, let's, let's put it this way. California has about a little over 2.7 million anglers, okay? And then the state sells about 1.1 licenses. So there's a gap there of about 60%. Now, as you all know, if you're you know, 16 and under, you don't have to pay for a license. But, you know, it's hard for me to believe that 60% of non-licensed anglers are all kids. I, I suspect that a lot of people are out there fishing illegally. Yeah, you know, uh, and that is unfortunate. But, you know, now going over to the history of this thing, I remember uh, some of the legislation that, that started to go through a, a few years ago. It was the 365-day license. It was uh, a break for our uh, veterans. It was also a break on our uh, youth anglers that uh, they pay less of a fee uh, uh, you know, as they get a little bit older. And it seemed like the, the first time everything was shot down except a discount for veterans. And then when this thing came up again, everything was shot down. The Department of Fish and Wildlife came along and says, oh, man, this is a bummer. We're going to lose money on this uh, proposition. So the state legislature said, went, okay, you know, we're just going to shelve this issue. Now this issue is up again with them. You, you have, I think... Veterans have always have already been approved for 
discounted rates. You have youth rates. And you have now the, the proposal on a 360-day license. And before you answer that question, can you stay with us for just another segment so we can go to a commercial break and come back to you? Yeah, you bet. All right. Hey, we're speaking with Marco Malukatin. He is from the uh, 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 the California Sports Fishing League. Uh, we're talking about some legislation that is coming down in Sacramento that's going to affect everyone. Stan, Wendy, and I, we're with you for the entire two hours. We've got to take a break right now. We'll be back after these messages. Are you ready to sell your current boat and upgrade in preparation for the 2017 fishing season? It's sure to be one for the bucks. I'm Zach Zorn and a broker for Kessler Yachts located in San Diego. As one of the largest and most reputable brokerages on the West Coast, I can ensure that your boat will be sold in a timely manner or that your dream boat will be found. If you want to sell your boat or looking to purchase one, call Zach Zorn at Kessler Yachts, 760-815-8866 so that your name can be added to our long list of satisfied buyers and sellers. That's Zach Zorn, 760-815-8866. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Don't you just love California in the summer? Just remember, if you love California and you love the boat, please wear your life jacket and make sure the people you love wear one too. Love California, Boat California, Save California. Share the love at BoatCalifornia.com. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Our current guest is Marco Malikatin. He is with the California Sports Fishing League. We're talking about some important legislation that's going through Sacramento right now that affects all of us, and this is regarding our fishing licenses. And, Marco, before we came, went to the break, uh, we just kind of reviewed maybe some of the frustration you've seen trying to implement something that seems to make so much sense 
and and should be simple to do. But man, it has been like poking you know what up a hill with a sharp stick. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, championing fishing license reform is really a, a full time job, and and we couldn't do it alone. I mean. I have to say is, you know, two years ago we made an attempt at this. The bill got gutted in committee, never made it to the Senate floor. But the same author, Senator Dom, uh, Tom Berryhill, a Republican from the Fresno area, has uh, reintroduced the legislation. This year it's just clean. It simply deals with the 12-month fishing license. And I'm really pleased to say two weeks ago the bill passed unanimously, bipartisan support. So we never got so far, but we have a long way to go. Okay, and... And we happened to mention uh, a little bit of relief for youth fishing. Is that on a separate bill now? Is that still alive or what? Yeah, unfortunately it's not. That was a separate bill, and the, the Assembly killed it a few weeks ago. So this is the only horse that we're riding right now, this bill dealing with a 12-month fishing license. And so we have to make it through the State Assembly uh, to make it to the governor's desk. I'm, we're very pleased with our progress. And, um, and, the, and the support we have, I will tell you this, this is what's so remarkable, is that nearly every statewide association that represents small business, labor, local government, travel, hospitality, marina operators, boating industry, obviously our anglers, um, are on board championing this bill because, look, recreational fishing contributes $4.6 billion to our state's economy. I mean, we have... More anglers in some counties like Los Angeles, San Diego, and Orange County than several states combined. They recognize that the future of recreational fishing is important for jobs. Well, it not only is it important to jobs, you just look at uh, the three of us here doing the radio show. Wendy is involved in the fishing industry. Stan's involved in the fishing industry. You know, I run a fishing tackle store, a manufacturer of fishing lures. We, we do fishing tournaments. We have a fishing show. So just the three of us... What our stake is in the fishing industry is pretty high because look at all the families that just the three of us are supporting and depend on our efforts in the fishing industry. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. So the stakes are great, and um, look, it, it can work. I mean, there's no reason, as point standpoint, out to defend the status quo. It works. Uh, Texas has a 12-month uh, system. Over the last three years, uh, they've seen sales increase approximately 12%, uh, revenue uh, nearly 15%. Uh, Maryland switched uh, in late 2015. They project 4% increase in sales, and things are going extremely so well in Utah that they're making the same, they've made the same system available to non-resident anglers. Well, you know, just, just in the taxing, uh, so that they get their money out of it, it makes common sense, not that common sense has anything to do with government, but it would just make a lot more money for the state if that would go through. Right. And, and Stan, one thing that's really big compared to last time where, where we were not successful, the labor groups that represent rank-and-file department and fish and wildlife employees, those people who manage our fisheries and conservation programs, they are on board with this legislation. And as you know, they are very, they have a very powerful voice in our state capital. Well, Marco, if we are talking about this being such a common sense type of idea, what has been the resistance to it? Is, is it revenue-based? Is it based that maybe the Department of Fish and Wildlife is going to have to reinvest in 
software and hardware now to keep track of fishing light where is the resist where was the resistance coming from and where do you anticipate it still might be coming from look officially there's no known opposition not one person has testified against the bill or written a letter uh, we do know though that the department of fish and wildlife is submitting analysis to the various committees that will consider the bill and their concern is it will result in in declining sales now, what they do is that uh, they cherry-pick states that have not necessarily been successful uh, with this type of transition, or they provide uh, analysis that has serious omissions. So as an example, they um, did not include in their analysis that Texas, Utah, and Maryland have been successful. So it's, it's a difficult question for me to answer because publicly they state that their policy is not to comment publicly on pending legislation. So I don't have a real good answer, but, uh, you know, it, it's not common sense. Okay. No, it's not, it's not been common sense, but at least it looks like it may go the right direction. Because the, 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 taxing do, the taxation dollars are what pays the Fish and Game Commission in the first place. So having more coming into the pot would make sense. And that's why I think they're all behind this. It just makes common sense for them. And, and only because it's money in their pocket. Yeah, and I, and I got to tell you this. I mean, we started the conversation off with discussing the Fish and Game Commission. And, you know, California has a system where the rates are determined by the legis uh, state legislature. The type of licenses are determined by them. And it's such an archaic and difficult and problematic way of going about doing it, right, moving legislation every time the system needs to be fixed. Some states like Utah have a special commission who has the ability on an annual basis or even more frequently to change the system to make it work better, market it more effectively, just like ski resorts do, right? Their programs change regularly through one season depending on snow levels. They're always looking for creative ways to increase sales. We just have to have a new approach, and this is just the start. All right, Mark, Marco, we know where we are right now with this legislation. What is the timeline what is going to be happening down the road? Uh, what dominoes have to fall in order to get this bill on the governor's desk? How can we keep track of it? And more importantly, how can we support you in this effort? Yeah, well, thank you for that question. We have several key committees coming up in the next uh, few weeks and perhaps one at the end of June. So any one of these committees can kill the bill. If it passes the assembly, we hope it gets to the governor's desk by this fall. But there is a way everyone can help because anglers have a voice in the political process. We've learned from the past when we were silent, things did not go our way. So please, I, I urge your listeners to go to our website, savefishing.com, to learn everything about the legislation. But sign our online petition. And when the time comes, we will direct anglers how to reach their legislators, how to call them, how to write them because they need to hear from them. Because I can't tell you how many state legislators have voted against anglers, even though they had some of the largest sport fishing fleets in their district. Well, they need to hear from us. Oh, man. You That's know, crazy. Stan and Wendy, That's isn't crazy. this crazy? The legislature and the governor, they can, they can go sign a bill that says, okay, let's add another 15 cents on to the... Uh, the the price of gas for this. Let's add uh, this uh, amount on to the registration of cards. That thing just rambles on through. You get something that is a rev that seems to be a revenue producer that should be slam dunk. And we're talking about years to take 
almost what seems to be infinitesimal steps. Well, bureaucratic red tape. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the people that, there's a lot of people against what we're doing. I mean, uh, there aren't a lot of we haven't had a lot of backers in the last several years of public, you know, just for the general public to be able to even go fishing. They've been trying to shut more and more of it down rather than make this the the sport better. And but the revenues that they they've depleted or completely shut off because the businesses that supported the fishing industry, and that's up and down the coast where they shut off areas that we could fish on the coastline, and then uh, areas to fish in the Sierra. They've had legislations of, of, you know, the yellow leg frog. It just shut down tourism for the area and fishing in the area for a while. Uh, little things like that make big dents in our, our industry, and it causes, you know, things to go the other direction. I think this is a great start at least, you know, to, to get this where it's okay, we're going to do it on an annual basis, and you're not going to lose any money if you buy the ticket today or the license today, and you can go fishing tomorrow, and you can go fishing all year. Now, with family and, you know, under 16, they don't have to do that. Uh, but I just got back from the series, and, and they are really looking at, we've got the most, most water we've had in years and years and years up there, um, and they've had, you know, stocking problems over the years with putting fish into the arena up there, and that's only because we have the fishing game hasn't had the money. So this is a real positive step. Now, Marco, you know, we, we've talked about this fishing license uh, problems, but there are other issues that are coming up with the Fish and Game Commission, and we only have, you know, four or five minutes left. But tell us what you perceive to be another issue that's coming on up that will be affecting uh, uh, a good majority of the fishermen in the state of California. Yeah, Stan, Stan brought up a really big one. Um, right. A number of years ago, um, a frog was listed as endangered, and as a consequence, uh, there is no stocking of trout in the high Sierras. So now the, the same organization, the Center for Biological Diversity, is looking to expand it to other frogs, uh, different species of frogs. And in this case, well, that was, and let me back up. In that case, it was the High Sierra's limited geographical part of the state. Now they're looking to have it apply to the foothill yellow-legged frog, and those can be found in just virtually every lake from Oregon to the tip of Los Angeles. But and most so, of that's lower. It's lower altitude. They don't have the yellow-legged frog in the High Sierra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're right. In this one, it does, and, and and it's just like the MPA. You know, this, the science is always a little shady where, you know, they'll list uh, trout as a little threat to these frogs, but, you know, they don't list, the, uh, don't, you know, study the analysis that shows that, quite frankly, it's dams or water retention uh, facilities that cause the greater damage or even bullfrogs. And so we're always the low-hanging fruit when it comes to um, government regulations. Well, you know, it's, it's unfortunate we even have to fight the battles because they, they proved that, you know, there was, uh, it, it was a moot point shutting down the whole of the eastern Sierra because that's not an area that that frog is in, but it caused enough grief and shut down tourism and shut down fishing to the point where those people up there lost a lot of their livelihood, which is not conducive to happy people in your state. Um, and coming back from that same group, I was just up there, and, and I have a group of fishermen. We fished for 34 years up at Crowleywind, and every year we, we put in more fish before we fish than we ever take out of the lake and then fund uh, more fish to be put in the lake at our banquet coming out of it. 
but we're the only group that does that to help promote the area and the Sierras, and we've been pretty popular with a group of people up there because of that. But it's been really tough on them. So more, the more of these little pieces come up, and the, and, and the group of attorneys that, that uh, let's just cause problems is kind of how they look at it as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and we'll put this on the bill and we'll cause more problems is all I look at because it was a complete waste of time. Marco, you know, we you had mentioned that uh, because of the decline in the number of uh, fishing licenses that have been purchased, that there was maybe a, a lack of funding for some of the programs that the Fish and Wildlife Department used to do, like stocking programs. Is there any guarantee that if they see a boost in revenues from this new legislation that this money's even going to get to them, or is it money that's <laughs> going to go into the general uh uh, fund and then be delegated to some other things like our gas taxes and and uh, other taxes that we pay here in the state of California. Yeah, well, you know, in government, there's no guarantees. But uh, <laughs> you know, these are fees, so they're supposed to go to special funds and not go into the general fund. But I, I think, as many of you know, um, when the state has struggled financially, they've looked to raid uh, funds. So that's why, you know, we always have to be village vigilant that um, the money is spent and, and spent responsible, uh, responsibly and for the intended purpose, right? Right. Well, Marco uh, Malikatin from the California Sports Fishing uh, League, uh, we have a, 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 just an icon on uh, the Rod Real Radio site where you just uh, press it and you can go right to your site. But, Marco, if people want to find out more about what you're doing, get your regular newsletters, get updated on how that they can act, what to do, when to do it, and everything like that. How's the best way to go about that? Come visit us at safefishing.com. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But safefishing.com, sign our online petition, get our newsletter. You will be well-informed in terms of how your right to fish is impacted by the politicians in the state capitol. Well, as a, as a subscriber already, I can't thank you enough, Marco. Yeah, Marco, uh, Again, keep up the good fight. Thank you for the update. And please allow us to get in contact with you or please contact us if there are other things that happen that are affecting this bill or our right to fish here in the state of California. Thank you very much. Uh, you count on it. Thank you. All right. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break if we can catch up with them, and I certainly hope we can. Captain Fred Huber from... Uh, uh, owner-operator of the Daily Double and a couple of other vessels out of Point Loma Sports Fishing. He's going to be with us. We're going to get an update on what's going to, what's happening in the half-day, three-quarter in the overnight scene off our Southern California coast. So stay tuned. There's more Ron Real Radio to come after these messages. can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows 
know is trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. Share the love at BoatCalifornia.com. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a bit set back with just what company to go with? Rod and Reel Radio urges you to try American and family-owned Land's End Charters. Land's End Charters offer their clients affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with their brand name fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a family-run business with over 50 years of experience. Go to LandsEndCharters.com to see all the current vessels and amenities available and call Cabo Greg or Jenny directly at 800-281-5778 when you're ready to get fishing. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Attention Rod and Reel Radio listeners, be sure to check out the Code Group mobile app. You can listen to the Rod and Reel Radio show live along with show archives without internet access. The Code Group app has all kinds of cool features for fishermen including daily Southern California saltwater reports, weather reports, episodes of inside sport fishing, marine traffic, and much more. Get the free Code Group mobile app by texting the word REEL, R-E-E-L, to 90407, or enter the words code group in the App Store on your smartphone. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career, and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Hey, and welcome back to the second hour of Ron Real Radio. Stan, Wendy, and I, we are so pleased that you could... Come and hang with us. Uh, we want to welcome our next guest. Uh, he is owner and operator of the Daily Double out of Point Loma Sports Fishing. He has his hands on a lot of other things, uh, both fishing 
and also uh, uh, science and ecology uh, 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 wise. And it's uh, Captain uh, Fred Huber from uh, H and uh, Point Loma Sports Fishing. Captain Fred, <laughs> welcome to the show, man. Hey, good evening, John. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me on board. Hey, this is great having you. But before we even get this all underway. I've got a special caller that that found out that you were going to be on the show, Fred, and he wanted to call in and just say hello to you. Let me welcome also to Rod and Real Radio the director of the Coastal Conservation Association of California that wanted to give a shout-out to Fred, Mr. Wayne Cotto. Wayne, are you there? I am here. Hey, how are you guys doing? Hey, we're doing so great. Good, good, amigo. <laughs> good, Wayne. Hey, Fred. Can't thank you enough for what you guys did to help out CCA California and Hub Sea World Research Institute, taking our group out to go catch halibut to help to start the broodstock program. Uh, you know, just hands off to your organiz- your group and your uh, staff uh, made that trip memorable. And uh, we caught eight halibut on that last trip, all females, and they are in the tank ready to, to uh, the breed. So, you know, can't thank you guys enough for your support. Oh, my pleasure, Wayne. That was uh, that was a fun day. It uh, <laughs> it was good getting out there, and and you know, honestly, I feel like you did most of the work there. We just we just happened to you know be the ones fortunate enough to take you out, and and uh, the ocean giving up a few of her babies and and giving us some some broodstock for you. That was uh, it was our pleasure to be there. Yeah, but we all know this is a team effort. All of us working together. You know, whether it's John, Wendy, and Stan on the radio, CCA, Cal, and the sport fishing community all working together for the, you know, even Marco earlier on the radio just now, all of us need to work together to make sure that we succeed. And, you know, we can't do it without you. So I really do appreciate it. And thanks to John for allowing me to come on the radio show with him. Right on, Wayne. Okay, Wayne, thanks a lot for the shout-out. And uh, we look forward uh, to talking to you here in the not-too-distant future because I know you have some coming events coming on up and things that our our fishing audience will want to be listening to. So thanks for calling in, Wayne. All right, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Wayne. Well, I guess, Fred, I guess that's what I was referring to, that there's just other things besides sports fishing that you uh, on the Daily Double and the Mission Bell and the, the Point Loma are involved with before the sports fishing season even starts. Well, John, you know, we, we feel it's important to give back to the community. Um, we uh, were so fortunate to get to do what, what we do and, you know, make a living doing it that um, you have to give back a certain amount to the community and, and um, you know, our part in that. Um, I've, uh, I've tried to be as active as I can. Um, there's times when, uh, when it's overwhelming, but, um, you know, it's, it's important that we do that in life. I know no matter what business you have, there, there are always people out there asking you to give of your business. And, uh, you know, you, you can only go to a certain extent. Uh, but I've got to tell you, over the years, you've been more than generous taking the kids out and doing the well-watching trips and helping the groups like the CCA. And uh, uh, it seems like your, your only uh, payback is, hey, uh, let me make a couple of boat burgers and uh, a breakfast burrito for you. You guys go out and do what you got to do, and I'm behind you 100%. Yeah, well, that, was a, that was a fun trip. What, what you're referring to is the fact that 
I ended up cooking on that trip. Um, <laughs> we, we have a new captain in our, in our stables, and and he's a real go getter. And I told him that he was gonna he was gonna run the boat that day. And we ended up shifting boats from the Point Loma to the to the Daily Double. And being a, a man of my word, um, I let Chad go ahead and run the boat. But I wanted to be part of it too. And uh, you know, we we needed a cook. And um, hey, I can cook. <laughs> it worked. So. Yeah. It worked, so, guys. I'm happy to be there. Yeah. Hey, uh, Fred, let's just talk a little bit. You know, uh, uh, a lot of people aboard the boat, and there's some uh, uh, skipper aboard the boat that looks like he's been cut out of a piece of rawhide and a, a bunch of deckhands there <laughs> that are uh, uh, just raring to go to help out the fishing public. And uh, sometimes uh, people don't stop and think, where are these? Where did these guys come from? Where did this expertise come from? Were these guys just born into sports fishing uh, you know, and I know you have a really rich past in the sports fishing industry. Tell our people a little bit how you got from point A to where you are right now. Okay, so you want my pedigree? Um, <laughs> let's see. I I started, uh, I gave him my paper out after three and a half years to go to work on the Daily Double. And I'm, I think it was 75 or 76. Um, Skip Brennan was the owner of the boat. And I found my way down. I was like 16 years old, and, and he asked me, well, do you know what a pinhead is? And I was like, well, sure, question and answer. It's a small anchovy. And no, no, yes, right, but no, that's not what I was looking for. Um, of course, a pinhead being a, a trainee deckhand. And um, I worked, um, I worked on, a, on the Daily Double as a deckhand um, all through high school and junior college, um, I graduated Point Loma High School in 1980 and Mesa Junior College in 1983. And that same year as I graduated from Mesa College, um, Associate Arts and Business Administration, um, I got my captain's license. And my mom, I'm the youngest of five, she really wanted to see one of her kids get a four-year degree, and I was her last chance, <laughs> but... Cool. Some, somehow sport fishing won out over going back to college and, and uh, you know, finishing a degree in business administration. Well, Fred, so, it's obviously uh, <laughs> that you've got a love for that. Did you ever look back and go, you know, in retrospect, that, that paper route looked pretty good? <laughs> you know, I, I, I tell you, in retrospect, I feel like I've worked my entire life, but I, I feel so fortunate that I've always done something that I've enjoyed doing. Now, now the business administration thing, I was really good at putting those little numbers in the boxes, and, and I took extra accounting classes because I, I had a knack for that as well. And the idea of putting little numbers in little boxes while I sat in a cubicle, you know, I've looked back on that a few times, and, and I, I kind of feel like I ended up where I was supposed to be. So, <laughs> Well, that training, though, probably helped you considerably in obtaining the boats that you had, but then also penciling out to to make it worth because there were times when we had the price of fuel, uh, no bait, uh, no customers, uh, no fish. I mean, it has been up and down, and it's uh, those X's and O's that you're talking about that uh, have kept you and other businesses like you really afloat. Yes, um, it's it's good to understand the numbers and the ramifications of the numbers that are in front of you and, and being able to 
look at a spreadsheet and a you know bottom lines and understand it, it is important. Um, we were we bought a business that was in pretty good shape, and um, it, it's 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 um, you know I've I've helped to build the business being a captain here, but you know Steve and I. And I got to give a lot of props to my my partner too. Um, he's he's uh, pretty level headed and and he's got good business sense too. Um, and our original part, we had a third partner coming into the deal, Jim Alley, and um, you know he's he's been a he's a good influence. And you know there's other people within the industry that that um, have always been willing to help. Um, I can't say enough about Lance Withy. Um, you know, pl- plenty of people have helped, and um, you know, having having that business background, um, you know, it, it served me well by all means. Well, tell us a little bit about the the uh, the vessels now that uh, you are running and uh, the uh, the different trips that they offer, uh, uh, Fred. So we we've made a jump with the daily double this year. Um, we've we've decided to change our schedule and. <laughs> I tell you, I've 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 always thought that this was a workable idea, and I'm I'm kind of facing my fears of of it not working, and and just hoping for the growth that that we think is going to come with it. So we've gone to uh, two trips: um, a morning trip that leaves at eight thirty in the morning and gets back at two thirty in the afternoon, and that midday trip. Um, has always been something that the people the people like, and it's a it's an easy trip to run when you're only running one trip a day. But what we're going to do now is we're we've added a um, an afternoon twilight trip, it's kind of a sundown trip that leaves at three o'clock in the afternoon and gets back at eight thirty in the evening. That's nice. a really and, um, good trip, by the way. Nice, yeah. It's. You know, it, it hasn't taken off. We we ran it once before uh, with the Point Loma um, a couple, three years back, and people really liked it. Um, we saw where it could work, and, um, you know, we've kind of embraced that, and it's like we we put our head down, and we're going to go for it this summer and, and, and see what happens. We let the sand bass and calico bass, that offshore bike gets going a little bit. Boy, sand bass fishing can be rocking and rolling in the afternoons and early evenings. So that that should be a real fun one. Absolutely. Well, we finally we finally put together a pretty decent trip um, yesterday. Um, what were we? I think we were like 17, 18 passengers, and we are like 45 calico bass. Um, it was it was a good hit yesterday. Yeah, and and that's yeah. just going to get better and better as we get into the summer here. That that those evening trips were. We used to do them all the time. They're fun trips. Well, one one of the things that I'm really appreciating about it is I've got time. There, I have a lot of time out there without the other boats around. I um, I'm fishing while, while all the other half day boats are are coming and going, and um, you know <laughs> I'm kind of crazy in my ways, but I like that. I I like you know not having to guess where the other guy is going to be, you know, and just avoiding the, avoiding the traffic. And uh, so, so far, so good. Um, 
You know, get the, your uh, chores done in the morning and jump on a boat in the afternoon and go play play into the evening. Well, is a, it's a great... I tell you, that, that, that's, that's the only downside to it. It's like I am a morning person. I'm still waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and there's not a boat to go for. <laughs> so... So that extra time in the morning, and then, then by the end of the evening, you know, I'm drinking a cup of coffee at 6, 7 o'clock in the evening and um, watching the sun go down. But uh, it's it's been okay. I'm, I'm getting used to it. Um, a little bit of a little bit of a shock to my body, but it's, it's nothing that... Uh... Well, you know, I, I like this uh, the standpoint that uh, uh, mom and dads, uh, they can uh, go to work and with the kids off during the summer break, they can work half day, uh, three-quarter days, whatever it is. They can still get off, get the kids, and get a great day of fishing in and just really have a great experience on a, on a great boat. I mean, it, it just seems to be a real ideal situation. Yes. You know, one of the other things we see, um, the, the first trip, the 8.30 to uh, 2.30, we're getting uh, the kids dropped off. The kids get dropped off at Camp Daily Double. It's like, okay. Um, <laughs> you know, once they get out of school, it's like, oh, 8.30 to 2.30. You know, for parents that work, both parents work, you know, where where do we put our kids? And I tell you what, for 35 bucks, we're the cheapest babysitting service there is in town. <laughs> well, Great not idea. only that, Fred, you must talk uh, talk about your crew because – your guys have to have the patience of Job and then to, to go on out there and start with these kids because they're basically our future. They're, they're the people that are going to be fishing the, the overnights and the, and the extended range uh, trips because you've got them hooked on fishing right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I had a, one youngster out with me today, Gavin and his dad, Troy, and uh, they're pretty hardcore, but I've, I've always kidded, kidded Troy how I've got his son hooked on this, and um, I told him how I'm gonna. This is the this is the drug ideal, and I'm getting your kid hooked on this. And, and I know uh, the father son uh, combination you're talking about, and uh, yeah. they come into the shop here, and uh, that that young man is intense when it comes to picking out the fishing lures and the colors and the things and everything else like that. And he's kind of taking his dad along with him, and it's great bonding for uh, parents. Hey, yeah. Captain Fred, we've got to take a break right now. Is there any way I can get you to uh, stay for another segment? We can talk a little bit more about, uh, um, you know, Point Loma Sports Fishing and uh, the Mission Bell and sure. uh, uh, the Daily Double and uh, just fishing conditions in general. Absolutely. My pleasure. All right. Special guest is Captain Fred Huber with us. Uh, Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now, but stay tuned. There's still a lot more Rod and Reel Radio to come after these messages. Don't you just love California in the summer? Just remember, if you love California and you love the boat, Please wear your life jacket and make sure the people you love wear one, too. Love California. Boat California. Save California. Share the love at BoatCalifornia.com. 
Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. Share the love at BoatCalifornia.com. Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Our special guest this hour is Captain Fred Huber. He's owner-operator of the uh, Daily Double, the Mission Bell, in uh, Point Loma, out of Point Loma Sports Fishing. And Captain Huber, again, thank you for being with us tonight. My pleasure, John. Hey, you know, uh, let's get on to how the, how the fishing is. Can you kind of summarize what you've seen so far this season, and maybe prognosticate what you believe is going to be uh, transpiring in the next few months? Oh, you want me to pull out my crystal ball? Uh, of course we do. Why, <laughs> yeah, why do you think we pay you rolling. the big bucks? <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I, I would like to mention the fact that uh, we have the Point Loma online now doing local three-quarter day trips. And uh, starting starting this coming weekend, they're going to be on the schedule seven days a week, departing at uh, 6.30 a.m. and returning at 4.30 p.m. Okay. Um, they had a very nice day today. They were only out with five pe- uh, seven people. They had limits of calico bass. They had a, a yellowtail that was you know, in the mid-20s, you know, Ooh, 26, God, 27 nice pounds. Fish. Um, they had the bonita pop up at the end of the day. Um, you know, Chad said they saw an acre of bonita, um, you know, five, six pound bonita. And, um, you know, a lot of things, 
happen when the water cleans up and the current runs right. And that's kind of been the biggest thing that we've been fighting here lately. We, we get good conditions. Um, we catch fish. But, um, you know, it's been up in the air when that's going to happen. I, I'm sorry, I don't have a crystal ball to, to let me know when the, when the conditions are going to be right. But every time we do get good conditions, we, we've gotten some pretty good fishing. Well, you know, we had one of the private boaters on, uh, Zach Zorin. They said that they uh, ran into some great conditions on uh, Tuesday, so they decided to go out for it, didn't have to go that far, and uh, ran into some triple-digit bluefin. So uh, uh, timing is everything. Uh, You know, we can just say to our audience, uh, don't wait for the fish reports. Uh, Go fishing when you can go fishing because it's – you know, it's, it can break loose at any time. The fish are out there. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I get people asking me, like, they'll be wanting to charter the boat or something out in the future or, or want to go, and they, they'll always say, well, Fred, you know, should we do the morning or the afternoon? And it's like, you know, it, it's hard to know. I mean, sometimes, you know, in a month out, it, it, you know, there's times when we get little stretches where mornings are better than the afternoon. Sometimes it'll be afternoons. But I always tell people, go go what's convenient for you. If you're a morning person, do the morning. If you like sleeping in the morning, do the afternoon. But don't don't try to don't try to plan or outsmart what's gonna what the fish gods are gonna give us. Just just pick what's what's most convenient and what works for your schedule. So from what you hear uh, that is out there uh, in the three quarter day range or the overnight range, uh, uh, potentially what seems to be evolving out there that you're aware of, uh, uh, Fred? Oh, boy. Um, You're getting out of my pay grade here now. I I know that there's a ton of bluefin tuna out there. I I know that they're pesky and and not wanting to cooperate. I've seen some yellowfin tuna in the the scores here the last couple days, and that's, I guess that's good. Um, you know, it's not going to help the idea of albacore showing up, but, you know, we'll, we'll take whatever, whatever they want to give us. Um, when this bluefin is going to turn on and bite, it's hard to say. Um, when they get done chewing on whatever's out there. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I don't, I don't have a feel for that. I have not talked to, you know, a crew member, you know, what was in their bellies today. I mean, I, I don't, I don't have a feel for that. I'm, I'm, I'm the near shore guy. <laughs> well, then it, in being that way, how should fishermen prepare when it comes to the tackle and the gear to uh, go on out with you to, to have a successful trip? Um, okay. Jumping on the, on the local front. Yes. Um, you know, you, you always, um, I feel you always want to be able to, um, if you're bass fishing, you always want to be able to to present an anchovy. You always want to be able to fly line an anchovy. Um, you know, swim baits, swim baits and drop baits um, anymore. That's That always has to be part of your arsenal. And then, you know, a jig stick. Um, you know, yellowtail. I mean, we've got yellowtail already this year on on. The surface iron, um, nothing's more exciting to me than watching a, a calico bass come out from underneath the stringer and, and eat a surface iron. Um, you know, that's just... That's what a, rod and reel combo would you in, suggest in for, surface, for surface iron for these people? I'm sorry now? 
what rod and rail combo would you suggest that people bring for, for surface iron? And what found line? Oh, God, John, you know, I, I'm not a tackle guy. I, I, you know, when I'm, when I'm fishing locally, I, I generally fish uh, 30-pound line. You know, it's kind of light, but, um, you know, I'm happy fishing 30-pound. Um, you know, right now I've, uh, I've been fishing the Shimano reels. Um, I've actually got a Shimano reel on a, on a Terramar, but, you know, I, I dust off my Harnell every now and then, and, and I'll throw that as well. You know, if I'm really enthused about catching a fish on the surface iron, the, the Harnell comes out of storage. Yeah. Well, it, it also sounds like, uh, Fred, that you have trained your crew that you get a lot of uh, first-time fishermen or a lot of uh, newbies that come along that uh, – uh, that might be a little intimidated by what they're seeing out there because you also get those mix uh, of the old-time guys that maybe are going out with you two or three times a, a week. And and what do you tell those those new fishermen that are coming in, those newbies, about the experience that they're getting into? Well, um, you know, somebody that shows up with their own tackle, we, we like to work with them and, and play to their strengths. You know, if, if um, there's fish to be caught on the surface and they can fish the surface, you know, we'll, we'll explain to them about fly lining and, you know, what a bite feels like. Um, you know, if, if they have their own tackle and, and they absolutely have no idea about casting, you know, we'll we'll uh we'll set them up with dropper loops and and you know teach them the best we can about bottom fishing and um you know you get the you get the new ones sometimes and and they've got swim baits and you know we'll we'll teach them about the little idiosyncrasies about you know getting bit on the sink and the slow grind and you know all all uh whatever they come at us with we will try to coach them and school them in in what they're already interested in um, but then there's other times like this afternoon, you know, the, the fish were just up behind us and they wanted the bait. They wanted the sardine really bad. And it's like, man, you know, I know you want to catch a fish on that seven X crazy jig, but you know, why don't you just fish bait to, for now? They, yeah, let's fish they're the really, fish. they're really locked in on the bait and it's early in the year and we're not seeing fish boiling around. We're not seeing them splashing. They're back there. You can read it from the birds. But they're not—they're not really juiced up right now. Why don't you just try fishing a bait instead? And you know, you always want to play to, to what somebody's interested in. But sometimes what they're interested in isn't isn't <laughs> isn't the best bet. So, and you know, as you mentioned before, you allow first-time fishermen a great opportunity. Let's say uh, the kids are out on, on summer break. You're not really. Uh, big into fishing, being a parent, but you can bring them aboard the boat. And even if you never pick up a rod and reel, you can uh, stay in the galley and and have your favorite beverage, or you know, stay on the deck and sit down and and let the kids go fishing and turn them on over to the deck hands. And you can take them out for a wonderful experience. I got I got to tell you, I remember some of my first days fishing more than I ever remember what I did the day before or the day after that experience. Hmm. Certainly. Um, and, you know, to, to the parents, I'll say this, you know, if, if your kids are, are interested in it um, and you don't feel safe about it, make a few trips with them. And, um, 
you know, it's actually a pretty safe place to leave your kids. I mean, I was I was being dropped off when I was 10, 11, 12 years old. And, um, you know, don't don't think it's not a safe environment. Um, you know, it's it's uh, and, and especially if the kids are passionate about it, you know, let them let them follow their bliss. I mean, <laughs> that's I don't want to scare anybody, but that's how I ended up the way I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's keep them off the street. They get involved with fishing. Your kids are out there, and they get they get hooked on this sport. It'll take them places that are good, and the people around them will will always be watching out for them too. I mean, it's a great sport. I've been in there for a long, 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 long time, and yeah. and still, you watch the kids that come up. Boy, they get the fever, and it's fun to watch, and they get involved. And it keeps them from doing other things. They've got this sport that they can they can do for the rest of their lives and be involved with, and it's fun. And in any place in the world, yeah, I mean, the planet's covered in water. Yeah, and, <laughs> and Wendy, I, I I want you to address the sometimes the anxiety that maybe a lady angler might uh, might face in when it comes on a sports fishing experience because I know somewhere along the line. You had that experience at it being your first time, and and how did you look upon it? And uh, uh, what do you say to the lady anglers right now? They're maybe looking forward to going to a friend, and instead of going over to the the malls that are taking a dive right now, get on out there and go on a sports fishing trip. Well, you know, jumping on the sport boat is great, especially if you're female, because usually you're one of maybe three women on the boat. So if you don't know what you're doing, and even if you do know what you're doing, the crew is there to help you, and they're super nice, super helpful, and everybody else on the boat is great. I mean, you don't have to worry about anything. If you have a question, you just ask it, and, and everybody is just so accommodating. And I would, I would, I would recommend, you know, for um, any female, Instead of learning from your spouse, jump on a boat, learn from someone else. It's a lot easier. <laughs> oh, you know, spouses know nothing. <laughs> I've come to know that. <laughs> Fred, what, uh, what's your experience and what uh, uh, Wendy just commented on? Um, it's, you know, it, there, there are some fabulous female fishermen out there, um, including my wife. And on any given day, you know, <laughs> she can outfish me. Um, it's it's a equal sport in that, you know, we can we can finesse and we can you know we have different strengths and um, you know then there's the the luck side of it. And unlike so many other sports, um, you know, being in the right place at the right time and casting the bait out and and just having a fish go through. Um, you know, um, my wife's had some fabulous trips, um, you know, on, on her best day, she's, she's very good. And, um, you know, there's other, there's other women that, um, that fish on our boat. There's one, one lady I met a couple of years ago, Katarina Ackard. Um, and if you spend any time on Facebook and social media, um, she fished a little bit a few years ago, and now she's just she's all over the place, and she's got a she's got her own little following, and and um, you know very good fish fisher fisher gal, um, and it's it's the, the thing the thing I will say about about female 
fishermen is they they are patient. They seem to be more patient, and they they seem to pay more attention to detail, and and they they pick up on some little things. And when it comes to fishing bait, it seems like it, they can just cradle a bait a little a little easier and, and get it get it in the water a little faster. And and um, I don't know. I've I've seen some some pretty impressive things over the years. So don't you know? Yeah, another thing is also that I've seen is that women. When it comes to feeling the bite or feeling their bait, um, their hands aren't calloused. Our hands aren't calloused. We're not construction workers. And I, and, I, and, and I think that a lot of the women, they actually feel a lot more than some of the guys do. Um, but it, it's, it's, you know, like you said, it's, it's an equal sport. I mean, the fish don't know who's on the other end of the, on, of the line, whether it's a a child, um, uh, a female, or a male. So it's, right. it's, you know, it's, it's a great sport for everyone. But, you know, I, I would hope that the, the women aren't intimidated. I know it is intimidating to jump on a boat, especially going yeah. by yourself. But, you know, it's, it's not scary. It's a great experience, and I would recommend it for a lot of the women out there. And, and most of the crews will, will take the gals under under their arms and and you know look out for them. Well, on my boats, I don't. You know, um, speaking towards my boat, we we generally will look out for the gals. And and you know, one of the other things I'll say, guys versus women. You know, too many of the guys are caught up in the macho side of it, and they need to be pulling hard, and and they do things <laughs> that that fundamentally are not right because they're worried about what they look like to the guy standing next to them and all that macho stuff. Where, and where, most of those you know, guys are fundamentally wrong. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, you watch these bass shows where they're pulling sideways and they're, you know, the, <clears throat> pumping the rods on a small fish that's in the kelp and just so many things. No, no, wrong, wrong. <laughs> and the gals are just a little bit more relaxed and... And just a little bit more patient, and just a little bit more fundamentally right. <laughs> well, Captain Fred Hubert, it sounds like for the kids that are on summer break, uh, uh, husband and wives that want to go out and have a fun day for a halftime, a uh, uh, group of ladies that want to go out and, and get involved in something special, whether or not you're experienced or whether or not you just square one, you've got an entertainment activity here and an opportunity for a variety of range of people. So, if you will, tell us, how's the best way to get a hold of you there at Point Loma Sports Fishing and find out just exactly what these opportunities are and when they might be able to book trips with you. Okay, yeah, our, our summer season's pretty wide open here. Um, we run out of Point Loma Sport Fishing, which is down here in San Diego Bay. And um, our address is 1403 Scott Street, and the phone number is area code 619-223-1627. And, of course, you can uh, book on the Internet at, at uh, pointlomasportfishing.com, and you can book and, and see, the, see our schedule on, on, uh, on the Internet and, um, and book online as well. Well, Captain Fred Huber, thanks a lot for taking some of your Sunday to be with us. 
it was really a pleasure to learn more uh, about uh, the Mission Bell, the, the Point Loma, and also the Daily Double over at Point Loma Sports Fishing. Thank you very much. All right, John. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. All right, sir. <laughs> All right. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now. But coming on back, the three of us were on trips this past week, kind of really special trips. And we hope that maybe we can clue you in on just exactly how well we did or how well we didn't do the uh, ups and downs, all that type of stuff. So stay tuned. There's still a lot more Rod and Reel Radio to come after these messages. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief. It's here, and it's time to go on the Chief. For those of you who are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips, ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at Chief Sport Fish Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Don't you just love California in the summer? Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket and make sure the people you love wear one too. Love California, boat California, save California. Share the love at BoatCalifornia.com. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program it is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. Rod and Reel Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available, or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives, and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. 
And welcome back to Ron Real Radio. Well, this past week, Stan, Wendy, and I, we had the opportunity to actually have our own fishing experiences. I went up to Alaska. Stan was up in the uh, Sierras at Crowley Lake. Wendy was able to fish locally. So, Wendy, let's start off with you. Where did you go and what did you do? Well, we ended up going with Carrie uh, Wilson from the Department of uh, Fish and Wildlife, along with Mary and Jordan. They put together their passport program, um, uh, and uh, we had a lot of anglers out on the uh, Dana Pride out of Dana Wharf, and we caught calico, barracuda, short, a lot of short barracuda, uh, which was really nice to see. Uh, sand bass, um, you caught a trigger fish. Really? Wow. A trigger fish? caught with his trigger fish. Wow. So that was pretty cool, and uh, it was just a lot of fun teaching um, people how to fish and uh, watching them and watching all the smiles on their faces. It was, it was a great time. Now, Wendy, briefly, what was the passport program? Passport to Fishing um, with the Department of Fish and Wildlife. Um, they have ambassadors, fishing ambassadors, which would be people that advocate, um, like myself, Shauna Barton, um, you know, uh, Marlon Mead and those guys. Um, we uh, help out people and promote fishing, and so we're one of CDFW's ambassadors. And uh, so she got all of us together to go out on a trip. It was a two-day event, uh, Saturday. They had um, classes kind of like a class and seminars where um, people would learn how to rig up and cast and, and, and all that, uh, learn all their knots and everything. And then the next day, which was today, they would get to go jump on a boat at no cost and go fish. Wow. Good experience. And, and Wendy, thanks a lot for helping that. Again, bringing a lot of new people into the sport of fishing and, uh, and making it easier, making the entry for them easier so appreciate you guys doing that so i want to know what happened oh, in alaska <laughs> <laughs> wendy and i last week we uh we kept the boat going the, the right direction but you were in another boat up north oh man you know uh we were the uh, guest of uh, kirk and katie up at sure strike lodge out of craig alaska people at alaska airlines got us up to catch can which was the first leg and i got to tell you Alaskan uh, Airlines people are first class. Then we went via float plane from Ketchikan to Craig. That was an experience. The weather was really coming in. We got to fly at a low altitude over some of the most fantastic scenery we ever had. We were um, uh, greeted by uh, Kirk and uh, Katie at Strike Lodge. What a luxurious location. Uh, Kirk has been guiding for 30 years out of Craig. They've had the lodge there for 20, and they do not miss an amenity in the lodge. Uh, everything from uh, uh, the great food to great accommodations, fantastic boats. We had the most horrendous weather you'd ever want to see. Uh, horizontal <laughs> rain, winds at uh, 25 mile an hour, gales. Uh, in fact, one of my friends, we were uh, uh, fishing in this gale that it was raining so hard and it was blowing so hard that it was pushing our rods, bending our rods. There's four oh, of us no. in the, <laughs> there was four of us in the boat, and my friend Jim comes on over to me, and he goes, John, he says, you know what the difference is between men and women? 
I go, no, Jim, what's that? He says, you couldn't find five women in this world that could sit here and fish in the conditions we're fishing in. <laughs> but we caught, we caught a lot of fish. There were four of us. Uh, uh, over the course of three days, we had our halibut. We had our lingcod. We got our salmon. We got bottom fish. We got black bass. They consider that to be a trash fish there. It is great tasting. We'd bring it all on up to uh, the docks. Uh, we'd uh, take our pictures. The cutters were waiting right there. They'd fillet it up for us. They'd bring it up to the lodge, and then they'd package it and freeze it. So after three days, we had uh, about 37, 38 pounds of the best fillets you'd ever want to say uh, see each that we were able to take with us, brought it back, and it was frozen as hard as when we left the lodge when we got back in there to San Diego. The scenery up there is stunningly fantastic. Bald eagles everywhere. Whales all over the place. I mean, you'd be uh, sitting there in the boat, and all of a sudden there'd be bubbles coming on up, and these whales would be blowing air out of their, their spouts onto balls of bait, and the bait would rise to the surface, and these whales would come up out of the water with their mouth open, and come maybe four, five, six feet out of the water and stay there for a few seconds and then slowly raise themselves down as they were feeding on these uh, fish. So the Sure Strike Lodge, you know, there was a guy that was up there that had been going there every season at about this time for the, since 1996. He says, geez, you happen to be up there for the worst weather I've ever seen since I've been coming up here. Well, yeah, that's the luck of the draw, but we still had great fishing Great experience, fantastic weather, the Sure Strike Lodge. There was no substitution for the food, the accommodations, or the guides that we were there. And I, I just urge you to go to surestrikelodge.com or see them on Facebook and or go to uh, Rod and Reel Radio. We got a lot of our pictures there of our trip. We had a fantastic trip. Now, Stan, briefly, your trip to Crowley, we've got about three, four minutes. Well, I, 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 I bought a boat with uh, my, my buddy and my brother for 600 bucks, with the intent on it being the Crowley Cruiser, and it's actually a really nice boat. It's a, uh, a Chaparral 198 Fisherman, which is almost 20 feet, and it's a walk-through bow, and we'd gotten everything, <clears throat> Amber Marine down there in, in Costa Mesa, Helped us with the Johnson Motor, got everything running right and perfect. And so we were off to uh, the maiden voyage <laughs> for the FATIT, F-A-T-I-T, FATIT tournament, which is the finest annual trout invitational tournament. Uh, this is our 33rd or 34th year of doing that. And there's some 600 guys involved with it. I think we had uh, uh, 100 and 50 guys, or no, they're more than that. That might have been teams that were up there fishing. Um, and you're looking for big fish. We can't weigh one in unless it's over uh, two and a half pounds. We buy the group uh, on the whole. We buy more fish and put them into the lake than we ever take out. We're the only group of guys that ever, we started it 10, 15 years ago, and we were the only group that does that. So we put in 200 big fish up to 50,000 small fish. And uh, and then we fish our tournament and and really help support uh, uh, the Thomasons up there who run Crowley Lake, Abby and Adam. But uh, you know we got my boat out and we went out there and started looking. The lake looks like coffee because it's more like a toilet flushing event for for Crowley and all the lakes up there because there's so much water coming in. They're worried about 
you know, flooding the area down below in Bishop, which if you travel up there, you'll see a lot of water and all the little creeks. Uh, everything's got uh, overflowing down there. So they're trying to kind of control the flow. The, the lake color was more like coffee <laughs> oh, <laughs> all throughout, uh, which means anytime you find those conditions, people, you need to slow down your presentation. Uh, it's early in the season, so there's no large bait fish. Everything is going to be very small. But you have to get your boat to go two miles an hour or so, uh, two, two to two two. 2.2 miles an hour, and small like needlefish was going to ended up being the key with the smaller baits. The bright colors like chartreuse and pink were working the best. But my boat, we got it on the water, and it didn't want to go any slower with that 175 on it than than three or 3.2 or 3.4, 3.6. And then you know you found out that the the fish wanted the bait going in the direction the wind was blowing, so if I couldn't get down to 2.0 or 2.2 because <laughs> oh, that boat wouldn't do that. And then we find out we have a leak. So the leak in Lena was every time we, <laughs> we, got, we got on the lake, all of a sudden we found out, oh, Lordy, we got a whole boatload of water. We can't find out there's a through hole fitting someplace in this sucker that was leaking. So we started plugging everything we could the first day <laughs> out there. And One about every stand. 20 minutes you'd have to go on, on plane and, you know, siphon all the water out, and we start. You know, you put your finger in that hole and see if it'll stop. Uh, we never did really find it out, but we found out that we we would troll too fast, and uh, and then when the 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 brown trout started biting, when the wind was blowing up against the chalk cliffs, if you stopped your boat, you'd be on the chalk cliffs. So that was challenging. <laughs> uh, we didn't get a whole lot of keepers. I uh, got one or two that would work, but you're looking for the big fish, and the big fish for the tournament was a 5'11 brown. Nice. Got on a trolled uh, Rapala by a gentleman named Lynn Lee, and congratulations to him. He gets the white jacket that everybody wants. If you're a, a member of this organization, it's one of the ugliest things you'll probably ever own, but one of the most prestigious right. things you'll own. We've got to wind this up, Stan. Come on. Well, uh, we had a great time, and I thank you to Adam and and Abby up at Crowley Lake for helping us put us on, and Dave Appling and Appling Insurance and all the gang that, that put the thing together over the many years and had a good time. All right. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, Stan and Wendy, thanks a lot. Uh, great show tonight, and we want to thank you, our listening audience, for listening uh, with us tonight. Next Sunday night, Father's Day, we're going to have a live show. We're going to have Samantha Gay. She's the first lady angler to qualify for the North Carolina Bass Nation team national team so uh stay it will it'll be a great show we want to thank jorge in the am540 studios ben here in san diego and always in memory of big tuna bill and eddie McCune. thank you for leaving us this legacy which is rod and reel radio so until next sunday night on am540 or rodandreelradio.com starting at 505 p.m thank you for listening everyone Go out and get them. They're getting away. We look forward to seeing you on the water. See you later. Gone